Hello and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I am so excited that you are here. Today we are talking about team planning and team dynamics, which is either an exciting topic for you to think about because you love your team oh so dearly, or it fills you with dread because your team is always rife with drama and tension. But wherever you're at, I think there's some value you can pull from this podcast episode because team planning is something that we all have done at some point in our career and can always go a little bit more smoothly. So let's get started. everybody. It is story time. So once upon a time, I was an instructional coach. I did that job for exactly one year. (laughs) And it's not to say that I didn't enjoy working with adults. I actually did enjoy working with adults and I liked the work of coaching. I just was put in a placement with a principal that I didn't super align with that principal's leadership style. And it was hard for me to, um, be utilized as a coach the way that that principal wanted to utilize their coaches. Sometimes coaches are used as support and encouragement and professional development leaders. And sometimes coaches are utilized more as spies and people to kind of like hold your feet to the fire and get you in trouble if you're doing the wrong thing. And I was, I was being used more in the latter category, which I didn't enjoy at all. So I only did it for one year simply because it was either to continue doing that job that way at that school or leave that building and go to another school and go back to the classroom, which is what I opted to do. But I was an instructional coach for a year. And we had several teams at my school. Again, I think this is because of the culture that was set forth by administration. But we had several teams that really struggled with team planning. Like the dynamics were really difficult on the team. They weren't getting anything accomplished. It felt like such a waste of their time and the teachers started asking if we could dismantle team planning at our school like so many of the teams were not meshing well and not utilizing their time effectively that they started asking wouldn't it just be better for us all to do our own thing do we have to sit together and plan they were struggling to see the value of having three to four to five other people to split the workload with instead it became more work put on their plate because they had to defend their reasoning or they had to compromise and give up ideas of things they wanted to do and they weren't enjoying it. So I was leading a PD for teachers across the district one day and I wanted to see how this was going to other schools. So I said, everyone in this room, and I think I had all first and second grade teachers in this particular PD. So I said, if you could all tell me just by raising your hand, Who here participates in some level of team planning in their building? And every room went up. I think at that point, I think I learned it was a district initiative that principals mandated that teams plan together. And so I was like, wow, okay. Well, how many of you do this simply because it's mandated by your principals? Every hand stayed up. So then I said, how many of you feel that it goes well and you enjoy it? And over half the the hands in the room went down. So I said, how many of you want to continue doing team planning because you don't want to plan all of the subjects alone? And many hands went back up. So in my corner of the teaching world at that time, we had a team planning crisis. Um, 
But we all clearly felt, most people in the room felt like they needed team planning to some degree because teaching is way too hard to be responsible for 100% of the work by yourself. But people were willing to kind of, so people were willing to kind of slog through it to just check some things off their list, but they didn't find it meaningful. They didn't find it valuable. They didn't find it efficient. It just kind of was getting in their way. Now, as a side note, let me say that I hope that you can't relate to this. I hope your team planning situation is dreamy. Um, I've had a couple of conflict-free years in my teaching career, and it is heavenly. This year is one of them. Like My dynamic with my team has been nothing but positive this year, but I have certainly been on teams that were rife with drama, or there was somebody on the team that just could not get on board with everybody else, and there's gossiping, and there's whispering and there is tension and there's conflict resolution and it's so hard. Um, In fact, when I was a student teacher, my first example of teaching ever, my mentor teacher and that second grade team had a really rocky dynamic. I learned right there on day one as a student teacher how to tiptoe my way through with a conversation with my team, smile and nod, and then close my door and go back to teaching because that was what my mentor did. (laughs) She just kind of said, listen, this is a group of really strong personalities and we are just not all going to see eye to eye. And I think in that regard, it's okay. So we come together and we kind of explain like what we plan to do for a particular subject in our rooms. Every once in a while, the whole team agrees. For the most part, everyone's just kind of like, okay, cool. You do it that way, but I'm not. And she said, and we just smile at each other. We go back to our rooms. We do our own thing. And it's fine. It's fine that it happens that way. It's more work for me for this year, but sometimes you just have teams that are like that. For me personally, this served me really, really well. Because when I found myself on teams that maybe we didn't all mesh super well and I was responsible for just going back to my room and doing what I thought was best for my students, regardless of what my team was fighting over, I didn't get a lot of ruffled feathers about it. Like, I just kind of felt like, okay, yeah, I'll just do my own thing. It's fine. But... I have been on teams where the rest of the team couldn't let it go. Like, no, we all need to be doing the same thing. We all need to share everything we're doing all the time. So it's available to everybody. Nobody can look better than anybody else. And if you do something in your room and I see it and you didn't share it, I'm going to be really, really mad. Um, I have never been that person. Like, I'm 100% okay if I go into someone's room and I see something they did that they didn't share with me ahead of time. Because I know sometimes things come up like the night before or the morning of. You're like, oh my gosh. That would be such a great lesson. I'm going to try that. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your success. But not every team is like that. And so something that I've learned is teams need to be approached at the beginning of the year with a lot of intention and structure if you're going to have a successful school year together, even if outside of the school day, you're not going to be good friends. Because let's face it, sometimes we just are on teams with people we would never be their friend, but it doesn't mean you can't be a good colleague and you can't professionally learn from each other. So these are the things that I recommend. I recommend that starting off by defining team norms. Now, I know it's spring when this episode is coming out, and this is maybe not super timely because you're not going to be able to implement this now, but my hope is if you're thinking about it for next year, if you're looking at your team and going, okay, what did not work this year? what was difficult about our dynamic, that you can start reflecting on that now. So when you start having summer PD together or team planning days over the summer or back to school season, that you can kind of maybe be the leader on your team to say, hey, there are some things I think we could do better to better serve our students and to make our jobs feel easier. 
I think the first one is just to define team norms against each other. Like, I don't think this has to be super formal. Like sometimes you're in meetings and somebody's like, okay, we're going to start by reading off the team norms that we're never going to be disrespectful. And they've got like a formal list. I don't think it needs to be like that. I think you could just like, if you can get everybody to go out to happy hour and talk about what you like about working with each other and what do you want to make sure that you keep doing. So maybe something is, and this is something that I personally experienced showing up on time, like keeping track of when it's team planning day, that you're not always the person that the team is having to come after and go like, hey, we're planning right now. Come on. Um, maybe a team norm is we don't bring our cell phones in outside of maybe someone's having a personal emergency or their child might be sick and they need to know if they get a phone call. Otherwise, this is not a time to catch up on Instagram or scroll through Facebook and only half listen. Maybe that's a team norm that's important to you guys. Maybe just some routines and rules to allow that everyone has time to share what they're supposed to share would be a good way to set the stage for what you guys expect from each other. Make your expectations for your time together clear, um, but also make it feel comfortable and casual and not like, you know, all right, guys, so we need to set some norms here, okay? We're always going to be on time or you're in trouble and we're going to be mad at you. Like, it doesn't need to be those vibes. It needs to be more about like, Hey, can we all agree that like we don't want to have to split this into two days? So we need to start this on time. And that would be like the best use of our time so that we can have more of our planning time to ourselves. Like kind of pitch it that way to everybody. The second thing I recommend doing is certainly electing a leader. Now, this may be done for you. Sometimes that may be a team lead that your principal chose. And maybe your team lead has the best leadership skills in the room. And it just makes sense that the team lead, that's the classroom you go in for team planning. That's the person who runs the show, kind of gets you kicked off. That's the person who shares any notes that you guys need to go over, like keeps an agenda of things that you, decisions that need to be made as a team. Maybe that is your team lead. Maybe it's not. Maybe the team lead was made team lead and is not enjoying it. And maybe somebody else needs to be like, hey, just approach kindly the team lead and say, hey, I know you're team lead this year and you're having to take on a lot of extra meetings for us. And we really appreciate that about you. I would like to volunteer to run team planning in my room just to take something off your plate. Like you don't have to worry about having anything organized. You can just show up because maybe your team lead is not the person who's really going to like start promptly and stick to a plan and keep things running smoothly. And at the end of the day, when we're trying to plan together as a team, like we got a list of stuff we got to get done. So we need the person who's going to be prompt and disciplined and stick to the plan and not get off task and talk about other things for too long. So I think that find a leader and have a group consensus that that would be the best person to kind of lead the show for team planning. Third, and this is where things can get so messy. Oh my gosh, y'all. It is to clearly define everybody's job in the team planning puzzle because it is a puzzle. You got a whole week next week that you're all trying to get ready for. And you have all of these different personalities with different teaching experience levels, maybe different um, grade levels behind them that they've taught before. And they're coming at this with different perspectives. But at the end of the day, you just have this week of this grade level that you need to get put on paper. 
So it works very well to clearly define upfront what everyone is going to be responsible for and how you are or are not going to rotate that. Because sometimes people get their feelings hurt about this. Like in my team this year, we just picked our roles over the summer and stuck with them. Like we have not changed our dynamic all year. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'll do math center copies and morning work every week. And then somebody else is doing phonics every single week. Like, and we just picked those roles. We have not changed it. But sometimes you get on plans where somebody's like, I can do math. And then someone else is like, well, I really wanted to do math. And then it's like you're dealing with a couple second graders. You're like, okay, really? Fine. We can create a schedule. So if it makes everybody feel more comfortable to rotate and say like, okay, for the first quarter, or the first four weeks until progress report time, this is everyone's job. And then we will rotate and then we'll rotate again. I do not recommend rotating every week. I think that that's far too much. I recommend dividing it into quarters or trimesters or at least like half term grading periods, like at least every four weeks or so is the shortest stretch that I would do. Um, which it comes out to be about every month you would switch jobs. I personally feel like that's too much, but maybe for your team it doesn't. Maybe your team has a lot of people and there are people that like don't have jobs sometimes because there are more people than there are tasks to get done. So if you are in that situation, maybe every month feels the most fair because then everybody has a couple months of the year that they have totally off. But certainly clearly define what is everybody bringing to the table before team planning time starts, what needs to already be done before you get here? Like I highly recommend that your section of the plans is written and you have the materials in hand as opposed to showing up with a blank lesson plan template and going like, okay, uh, Sandra, your math, what are we doing for math next week? Let's type it out. Like I think it's way better to have it pre-written and then you can refine as opposed to trying to write the plans right there with everybody like oh it makes me want to die just thinking about it because I have lived it and it is such a time suck okay and then the next thing is to have a basic basic agenda each time you meet this can be as simple as just like okay housekeeping at the beginning so I'm team lead let's say and the principal had a team like team lead meeting where all the team leads got together this past Tuesday and she shared a list of things that we need to get done before April 15th, which is really actually happening in my building right now. Like PTO money needs to be spent. Um, supply lists need to be finalized for next year. Our field trip, final field trip deadlines coming up, like all those little things. So we always kick off with housekeeping. What stuff, administrative stuff from the principal needs to get done. And then we get into the lesson plans. And I think it's easiest to just start chronologically in the time of the day. Like if we teach reading first, let's start with reading. So who's got reading? What are we, what are we teaching next week? Talk us through it. Um, share with us what you think you're going to do. And then leave some time for like, okay, does anybody have anything that they want to add to that? That like just popped in their head as they were listening. And then maybe something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I taught this same skill once and I used this book to do it. So I think it'd be great if we did like your book on Monday and Tuesday and this book on Wednesday and Thursday and then compared and contrasted them, whatever, you know, whatever those conversations bring up. But follow the same flow of like, what order you guys present in, how much time you budget for people sharing feedback about it or things they'd like to add, and then how much time you're going to give for housekeeping things that you need to do as a team, if it can all fit into one time frame. Um, 
And then finally, my final piece is do fun things together. And this doesn't have to be outside of the school building if like you guys really aren't friends or a bunch of you are moms and you just can't make it work. But like do fun things together within the school day if you can. Like pick a one day a month that you guys are going to DoorDash lunch as a team. Pick one day a month where somebody's going to bring in like a fun treat or someone's going to pick up Starbucks and everybody's going to Venmo them. Like find those ways to embed a little bit of camaraderie into your team outside of just like, okay, we meet for team planning on Wednesdays and that's it. I don't talk to you guys the rest of the week. I don't care about your lives. I don't know the names of your children. I don't know the names of your dog. Like try to find ways to work in that team building right there into the school day because that's the thing that makes your job so much more enjoyable is when you feel like you have people on your team who are invested in your personal life and invested in your family or invested in who you are as a teacher and they know about your biggest struggles in the classroom and they are the people that are like you know what Stephanie is just like having a doozy of a year with this one kid and this one mom I think we should all go get coffee before school on Friday, my treat. Or let's all split money to um, order some crumble cookies to the school on Friday for us to eat during planning time or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be. I've been on teams where we did do things outside of school together, like go play top golf and go to bars together or go to coffee shops on a weekend. Totally have been on teams like that. And I have some of my best friends in the world have come out of teaching on teams. Like I, I have from... Each school I've been in, I've pulled at least one good friend out of it that I'm still friends with today. But it doesn't always have to be that way. There are people that I've taught with that like I, if we didn't teach together, we'd never talk again and that's fine. But you can find ways to get along with each other and make the day feel a little bit more enjoyable. So that if you see each other out and about, you can give a quick hug and be like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. And you don't have this awkwardness of, man, we just really hated each other's guts for 10 whole months that we worked together. Like there's just, that's no way to live. So if you can find ways to build in a little bit of camaraderie and team building into the work week and break up the monotony, it can make all of the things I listed above about getting together, setting norms, creating agendas, it makes it all go much more smoothly because you respect each other and you care about each other a little bit. So people are more willing to show up on time and put their cell phone away and listen intently and give meaningful feedback because they care about the other people in the room. So, okay, that's everything, guys. I do have a blog post with all of this written out, essentially kind of like a transcript of this episode that I will link in the show notes. Um, I also have some lesson plan templates, a small group planner, and email templates for parent communication, which are all things that have come into play during my team planning sessions this year um, that have just helped simplify the planning process where when we are brainstorming how to approach a certain thing, I go, oh, wait, wait, I have a template for that. Let's pull this out. So I'm going to link those in the show notes as well. So you can just have a whole host of templates that you can have at the ready for all of your different planning and communication needs this year. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week teaching and I will talk to you next time.